0: I am your host of a pin and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Foundation Friday number 62, and today I want to talk about establishing program toughness. And as you look back on your previous season, the the season that we just concluded or that you're in the process of concluding again, depending on what your your state's or region's COVID restrictions were, um, I, I think that it's important that you look back and... Try to reevaluate what your standards are and especially uh, what you need to do better. And one of those areas that we all can do better is toughness. Um, I don't necessarily uh, get too wound up in physical toughness because I think for by and large, most teams are pretty physically tough. Most players are physically physically tough they try to compete to the best of their ability with the gifts that they have been given and as far as physical toughness it's more about you know finding mental toughness and how do you develop that mental toughness within your program and i think there's about i don't know i've got about 10 to 13 things here listed today about mental toughness and building toughness and establishing toughness within your program. I think that it's important, number one, that you admit that toughness is necessary to be successful in your program. I don't think you sugarcoat that in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think it is important that you explain to your newcomers that there's going to be what we call program shock that there is going to be and that there should be and that you should take pride in some program shot that this is a lot harder than what we thought it was going to be. I think if you don't have that, I think that's a problem. Uh, I, I think that you create tough situations for your players to go through so that you make it difficult for them and that they have to overcome something, that they have to overcome some adversity, and then you find out who's really with you. Second thing, I'm very upfront with my players. There's three major areas that you can get into your my doghouse with. Number one, if you're selfish. You can't have selfishness. Number two, lack of concentration. And number three, lack of effort. If you give me one of those three things, then we're going to have issues. Now, if you're selfless, if you concentrate all the time, and if you play hard all the time, then it's up to me to teach the game to you. And that's where the responsibility falls on me as a coach. And if we don't have the the success that we should have at that point, then that falls upon me and the coaching staff and, and what we can do better. All right. Third thing about developing toughness. I think... Uh, what you have to explain to your players is that once you get into the gymnasium, it's about the group. It's about the team. Now, you're looking out for certain kids individually, and depending on what they're going through, maybe you have a player who you know is struggling academically, and they're worried about that. Or maybe they've got a family situation. Or they, they, they broke up with their boyfriend or girlfriend a couple of days ago. And and there's there's certain human elements that you have to take into it. But overall, big scheme of thing, what you have to explain to your players is, is my job is to put the best team that I can put out there on Friday nights. And your individual wants are not part of that process. Um, It is important that we put out there the best team that we can put out there. Now, we talked about three things that we can't live with, that that we don't want to have that's going to get you into the doghouse. Here's what I am looking for. Here's the two qualities that I am looking for. Extremely competitive people and extremely selfless people, to be part of something bigger than themselves. Those are the two things I'm looking for. And if you can fill those two things in, then you've got a great opportunity to have a chance to play. And like most coaches, it's, it's not like I'm reinventing the wheel here. If you have selfless people and you have highly competitive people, more than likely you're going to come close to achieving the goals that you want to achieve because of those personality traits. Um, there are, I think you explained to your your kids uh, that there's two things I can't worry about, that that I can't. Coach, that I shouldn't have to worry about. Number one is your discipline, Uh, your discipline to get your homework done, your discipline to come into practice ready to go, ready to play. Again, that concentration thing, Uh, those type of things. And the second thing, of course, is your effort. I shouldn't have to worry if if I have to if I have to coach you up, if I have to convince you, if I have to drag you into the gym, then then we're probably going to have a difficult relationship uh, or as not as good as a relationship as we would like because of those two entities. All right. Uh, I think you really emphasize to your teams to worry about the brick by brick process or the process, as Sabin, of course, calls it. All right. Take pride uh, in daily and improvement. Um, what I often tell my teams is enjoy the process of getting a little bit better every day. We want to get 1% better every day. If we all get 1% better. So this year, we had 14 total kids out. So if every player gets 1% better every day, that's 14%. Even this history teacher can do that math. All right. If we, if everybody does that in a week, we're going to get a hundred percent better as a team from wherever we work is everybody is working on getting 1% better every single day. Worry about the bricks, not the house, not the finished product. All right. I think another thing that you establish with your kids, you're not allowed excuses. Uh, Porter Mosier in, in his book, all in, uh, talks about no excuses, no excuses at all. All right. Uh, now, there's when we talk about no excuses. There's no excuses for lack of effort. There's no excuses for lack of concentration. Uh, there's no uh, there's no entitlement. Uh, there's there's no selfishness, so forth and so on. Now, if you know if you have a team, and I'm going to use a girls' team as an example, and if your post player is five foot eight, and the other post team's post player is six foot two, and they're trying like crazy to block that kid out. And they just can't do it because that kid is just physically bigger, stronger, and better than them. That's not an excuse. That's just simple facts. All right. And and there's a difference in my mind between the two. Now, again, there's no excuses. You're still trying to do everything that you possibly can to keep that 6'2 kid off the glass. But, you know, there's certain things that you can't line up with. Um, I think it's important that you tell your players and that you're very open with them. And I think sometimes. Uh, we, we need to keep this in mind as coaches. Our job is to tell our players what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Now you can do that in a variety of different ways. And every once in a while, you just have to be brutally honest. And you just have to sit down with a player or sit down with your team and just say, this is not acceptable. This is not good enough. Now there's again, there's, there's positive encouragement, there's positive reinforcement, there's different drills that you do. Hey, here's what we need to do. And we're, you know, for example, if, if you're, if your rebounding isn't good enough and that's what they need to hear is we have to rebound better okay today we usually do one rebound drill today we're doing four five six rebounding drills to emphasize this that's what they need to hear and you send your message that way you don't have to yell kick and scream kick the garbage cans uh, that type of stuff but you need to you need to to be able to to tell your players what they need to hear not what they want to hear and that builds uh, program toughness, and when they when they know that that's what's going to happen, then they accept it a heck of a lot better. I think it's important that you tell your players you're going to get yelled at, okay? And and I know I've done this for 25 years. There's teams that you that you don't yell at very much. This team that I had this this past season, um, we won eight games, and I really got after them one time. We won eight games, but. They played their tails off. They concentrated. There was not a lot of selfishness, Uh, and the the subtle, subtle little selfishness things that we dealt with uh, got dealt with then very quickly, and those kids snapped back into it. So, uh, but you need to make your kids aware that they are going to get yelled at, and 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 I don't, and again. But why are you going to get yelled at? Have you established that, hey, when you guys don't concentrate, when you're throwing the ball all over the gym in this full court passing drill, that tells me you're not concentrating. Therefore, that's when I'm going to get upset with you. And you have to set those parameters with them so that they know that you're not yelling at them just to yell at them. All right. With that being related to, to, to this previous point, you also uh, have to establish uh, with toughness, that mistakes are going to happen. In fact, you want to encourage mistakes at times uh, to, to let your players know that mistakes are okay and and to play through mistakes because mistake, basketball is an imperfect game. There's, there's never been a perfect game ever played by anybody, and there's never been a perfectly coached game. And you explained to your players, hey, you know, I'm going to make mistakes on the sideline. Uh, our second to last regular season game, what turned out to be our second to last regular season game. Uh, the first thing I did, I came in the locker room and said, "Girls, I coached a terrible game tonight." And we had a game the the, the very next night. And I said, "I promise you, tomorrow night I'm going to be better." And and I feel like I was. I, I you know, and and so you you have to accept your responsibility. And learn from it, and get better from it. And you do that as a coach, just the same thing as players. And you need to demonstrate that as well. So, uh, next thing, you you focus on the eighty percent of the game that you can control. All right, you can control your shot selection. You can control your closeouts. You can control uh, your effort, your passing, so forth and so on. So often, and and I know. We're all guilty of this from one time or another, that we get so worked up about the 20% that we can't control, like the officials or the bounce of the ball or this or that, that we get get more worried about the 20% that we can't control, that we don't focus on the 80% that we can control. Focus on the eighty percent that you can control, and you do that in practice. Focus on what you can control. Again, you can't control that your post player is five foot eight, but what you can control is coming up with a scheme to where you try to overcome that five foot eight post player when you're going up against six footers or six two kids uh, night in and night out. Okay, I think to emphasize uh, program toughness. You talk about your team about mistakes that other teams make, and we're not going to make those same mistakes. Maybe you show it to them on film. Maybe you discuss it. Maybe you pick out a newspaper clipping and say, hey, look what happened here, so forth and so on. So uh, you, you, you do that, okay? And then I think the last thing, the very last thing, is that you tell your team that we overall, to, to establish toughness on a daily basis, that we will practice, and I'm going to steal this directly from Don Meyer, I'm going to, who stole it from, I believe, the recently retired Lon Kruger, uh, and I'm going to tweak it a little bit, we will practice with the intensity and poise of a state championship team. And I think that that summarizes what program toughness is, that every day you're going to practice with the intensity and poise of a state championship team. doesn't mean you're going to win a state championship. You know, just like, uh, you know, Saturday night, uh, Gonzaga and UCLA, both of those teams played like champions. And, and I thought the UCLA program handled that so well. Uh, from immediately after the game, the players huddle up to what Mick Cronin said in the press conference afterwards, um, they practice and played with the poise of a national championship team, and that's all you can ask of your kids. And so there's nothing to hang your head about. Uh, Gonzaga won the game. You need to emphasize that with your teams. You know, sometimes, you know, you're not going to lose. You're going to make the other guy beat you. And I think there's a big difference between those two words, getting beat and losing. Sometimes you get beat. And that's what you want to have happen. If you're not going to be on the right side of the scoreboard, make them beat you. Don't lose the game. And I think that starts with program toughness. And those are some things and some discussions that you need to have with your players, both individually and as a whole, night in and night out as you get ready as you continue to build your program. So coaches, this is Foundation Friday, number 62, Establishing Program Toughness. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got some things from it. Again, Coaches Clinic, Fort Calhoun, uh, Saturday, May the 1st, Fort Calhoun, Nebraska, just 15 minutes north of downtown Omaha. Uh, we've got a great lineup uh, for the day. So I hope you guys come out. I hope we get to see a lot of coaches there. Spots are starting to fill up here, slowly but surely. Um, so come on out and 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 help uh, yourself and and help hone your craft. We got a lot of really good things planned for the day. Coaches, as always, let's pray for peace. Let's stay safe and let's be sure to hone our craft one day.